time to talk Tennessee football is now. It's Sunday Sports Sound Off, the longest-running talk show in the state of Tennessee with Tam Irwin and your host, Jimmy Hines. Call in now at 656-9900 or 866-656-9900. Sunday Sports Sound Off, sponsored by Safety Systems, Lexus of Knoxville, ANLRV, your East Tennessee Volunteer Toyota Dealers, TVA, WOW Cable Internet and Phone, Window Works, Rusty Wallace Kia on Callahan, Salsaritas, Fox 43 Sports, National OT Center, and Kimball's Jewelers. Now, here's your host, Jimmy Hines. In a game in which Tennessee did not trail during regulation, the Vols fall to Brigham Young 29-26, to by allowing a long completion late in the game, Brigham Young kicks the field goal, gets into overtime, each team a touchdown in the first overtime, and then Brigham Young pounds it in to get the win over Tennessee. What could have been, should have been, a bounce-back win for the Vols. Welcome into Sunday Sports Off. I'm Jimmy Himes, along with Tim Irwin, former star at Central High School, the University of Tennessee, and with the Minnesota Vikings. Tim, after the game, Jeremy Pruitt said, this is a tough pill to swallow. Indeed it was. Yeah, it was. I mean, you left there kind of deflated. Um, it was um, a much better opponent than week one. Mm-hmm. It looked like we did a lot of things well enough to win, but at big play time, we just kept coming up short. Uh, big third downs, we came up short. A couple of fourth downs, we came up short. We only let them get behind us on defense one time all day. And it, it was when we're in our prevent, which a long time ago, some witty comment commentator said prevent defense. All that does is prevent you from winning. And I thought that besides letting the guy get behind us, I thought the worst thing about the play was we only rushed three. And he had all day. That play took forever. And uh, – I'm not a big fan of that. I think you got to bring that fourth guy from somewhere and make them uh, move around a little bit, get in their face a little bit. Uh, it was uh, disheartening uh, to lose two back-to-back like that's pretty tough. It doesn't get any easier. I don't know what kind of team Chattanooga is going to put on the field, but we're just coming up short at crucial times in the ball game. Our first score was extremely fortunate. We threw right into double coverage. It looked exactly like the play that resulted in an interception to start the second half. It was the same play. We just got lucky the first time. He's got to make better decisions with the football. When I say he, I'm talking about Jared Garantano has got to make better decisions with the football. We ran the ball well enough most of the time to win against short yardage. Now, let me say something. That nose guard was a load. He's a player Mm -hmm. and big, strong guy, low-to-the-ground guy. But we've got to get better in our our short yardage game up front. We don't have a big back. I thought thought one of the short yardages, we actually had a little surge on him. We had a double team right on him, and we moved him a little bit. And the running back went in so low, it was like he stumbled to the ground before he could extend. Thought we should have easily made that first down. I didn't think that was good running, but I'd like to see us. I mean, there's got to be somebody, big bruiser type, you could handle the ball to to get a yard. 
You know, what's interesting about that is before the year, uh, I, one of my points about things that the topic was things not talked about much during camp, it was I thought Jeremy Banks was going to be that answer. He's 225 pounds. I know he had some fumble issues last year. He is by at least 20 pounds their biggest back. So I thought he would be the answer to some of the short yardage. Tennessee does not have a running back that weighs over 205 pounds. They don't have a bruiser. I thought Banks could fill that role if he had solved his fumbling issues. But uh, but you're right. They don't have a big guy to do that. And that's one reason, I guess, that on one-fourth and one late, they ran a reverse to a wide receiver. Yeah, and I thought uh, when it set up, I thought we're easily going to make the yard. Yeah. And, again, they reacted better than we did. I thought, I thought he was going to make that yard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have one receiver that's played well the past couple games, and the rest of them seem to be forgotten. Tight end's pretty good. He seems to be forgotten for the most part. They went to him a couple of times. Um, he's a pretty effective weapon. But uh, what about Callaway? What about Palmer? What about those other guys? I mean, it's just uh, same receiver over and over again, and I don't know if that's the way the plays are called or that's the only one he's looking at. i got to think some of that's decision-making by the quarterback. I think so. It is, it's surprising each of those three receivers we're talking about, Jennings and uh, Callaway and Palmer, each had four catches. In the second half in one series, it was, it was obvious to the world that they were going after our freshman corner. Everybody in the stadium knew where the ball was going ahead of time. Make an adjustment. Give him some help. You know, I'm also not a huge fan of that uh, Tampa 2-looking zone. I guess that's what you I guess that's what you do nowadays, but it seemed like it had a lot of holes in it and it was If you're going to run that kind of zone, you got to have great tacklers. They've got to stop them as soon as they catch it. And you can't play 10 and 12 yards off the ball and give up the slant all night either. Uh, I think they've been so schooled not to get beat over the top and give up the big plays that they're giving up the short plays and making them pretty easy for an offense to develop. That's, that's, I mean, that's just some of the things I, I saw. Positive note again, kickers having a heck of a year. Punter looked pretty good. He had one mediocre punt, but he boomed a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, return game. Why did we fair catch that kickoff? Looked like there was plenty of room to take a shot at a. I thought so too. Why did we yeah. fair catch that kickoff on the one yard line? Was that confusion? And, you know, Chandler was the one that did it, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he's certainly had enough experience now to know not to do something like that. I don't know. We, no matter what our age, we still play like uh, it's our first time out there a lot of times. I, I can't. Uh, I can't explain why things happened. Uh, I just know it was very disappointing, very deflating. It was a long night for everybody that was in attendance and very disappointing when we all left at the end of that thing. We'll go through some of our thumbs up. Uh, Ty Chandler, 26 carries, 154 yards. You had Eric Gray with 17 carries, 77 yards. You mentioned special teams, the kickers. Brent Samaglia, four for four on field goals. Uh, he's off to a great start. Joe Doyle, three punts, 45.7-yard average. Uh, I thought Tennessee did a really nice job of running off tackling, getting sweeps. That was part of the game plan, as was told to us by a couple of offensive linemen. They felt like they would have a better opportunity to get wide against Brigham Young and try to wear him out, according to Brandon Kennedy, as opposed to running right up the middle. And I thought there were times when Tennessee 
uh, would would kind of stack several people to one side, run a sweep or run a off tackle in that direction. Uh, Tim, they had a lot of success doing that. You know, yeah. it, it was pretty predictable what they were doing, and they were still able to do it. Great runs. I mean, Chandler and Gray both look extremely nifty out there when they get in space. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, the inside presence. We don't have that big bruiser like we talked about earlier. Other thing on the kicking game, that guy has kicked off nine in a row in the end zone. Who is that that's doing the kickoffs? Paxton Brooks. Paxton Brooks. I mean, he can kick it. Yeah. yeah. They, he, uh, he booms them, and that's a weapon. That's a very important part of, uh, of the game, not giving them that big return. I thought the offensive line had a much better game against Brigham Young than it did against Georgia State. Uh, Tennessee outrushed Brigham Young 242 yards to 107. Uh, also had 77 plays to 60. Uh, I thought Tennessee, for the most part, and I, I'm kind of with you on that three-man rush, but they did put some pressure on the quarterback, Zach Wilson. They had four sacks and a number of other pressures. Uh, and um, I did not think he was all that effective for most of the game. No, I mean, it just, uh, again, when we needed the big play, we didn't make it. They did. And it was, a, it was a rough night, very disappointing. I felt like we were in control. I thought uh, most of the time I agreed with the decisions on whether or not to go for it on fourth down. And I agreed taking the field goal for the half because we were going to get the ball right back. And then we throw an interception and it leads to a quick score. Uh, again, I don't know how you look at that play on the first touchdown we scored and on the interception to start the second half, those were mirror plays to me on different areas of the field, but mirror plays. We threw right into double coverage both times, stared the receiver down, and threw it anyway with no one threatening either either time. Um, I don't know. I just don't think uh, our quarterback's making very effective decisions out there or else guys aren't getting open. I, uh, I'm just not sure, but. Passing yardage was way down from first week. We we moved the football in a different way, and I think it's a way Tennessee people would prefer with the way our passing game's been going. We need to have a big run game. Uh, one other thumbs up. Tennessee goes down by seven in overtime. Had third and eleven completed it. Third and ten touchdown pass to Jennings. I thought those were good overtime responses. Thumbs down. Three failures on fourth and one. One was in the second quarter. Uh, there was another one at the end of the half. It was also second quarter, but that's when they kicked the field goal. And then late in the game, there was a fourth and one in which they ran the reverse to Palmer with a little over four minutes so left. So two fourths and ones and a third and one. They were all fourth and one. I thought we kicked the field goal in the, before the half. Um, yeah, we did. It was there, the, was a, there was a fourth and – well, let me see if I missed one of these. You're right. They did kick the field goal. Yeah, that we, was at the we, end of the we last had a third play. And short the and didn't make it. And we kicked the field goal. Yeah, the fourth and one. There was a fourth and one. Um, a start of the second quarter in which uh, Gray got zero. Yeah, that was uh, that was one of those. So uh, um, there was a. Yeah, they actually in Tennessee actually went for a fourth and th- uh, three at the five and through the touchdown pass, one that got tipped. Right. The Jennings caught. Which should have been intercepted. Yeah, that wasn't. That was fortunate. Yeah. An obvious uh, thumbs down, Alante Taylor allowing uh, deep, uh, a receiver to get behind him on a 64-yard completion that set up the game-tying field goal to send it into overtime. Uh, the last run by Brigham Young, a five-yard run in which they just piled up and drove Tennessee back into the end zone. 
Uh, also, uh, Garantano, I did not think he played well again. I don't think he's seeing the field well. 17 of 2,876 yards. Had a couple of touchdowns, but uh, a bad throw on the tip ball that was intercepted and then the interception to start the second half. He also, I thought, threw it late and behind Jennings on what should have been a touchdown pass in the second quarter in the south end zone. And laid it behind <laughs> the tight end on the interference or the holding call that resulted in a first down for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Extremely late and behind that tight end. You throw it late and you throw it behind a guy, you're going to get picked off a bunch. Uh, and then now Tennessee is 0-2 for the first time since 1988. Now that team started 0-6 and won its last five, but the first time Tennessee has started 0-2 since 1988. Uh some of my thumbs down as far as Tennessee's performance against Brigham Young. I'll say this. My, my feeling after the game was that Tennessee lost to Georgia State because lack of effort, and they admitted that. They lost that game last night because that lack of discipline on that long pass. I thought that was huge. Could they have converted some of those short yardage ones? Yes, they could have. And I didn't have trouble with Tennessee running the football, trying to limit the number of time was that was on the clock when Brigham Young oh, got I thought the ball that back. was I thought that was the right thing to do I, I thought I, I I said to some people around me okay it was, there was right around four minutes left we got the football I said no it was less than four minutes left when we got the football in that last drive we had on offense I said two first downs we're out of here yep I missed Cal- I thought they had one timeout left I think the public announcer or the radio one I was listening to both I think they said that they had one timeout when they actually had two. Yeah, Brigham Young, right, yeah. to stop the clock. Yeah, I think they announced uh, maybe it was mm-hmm. uh, Kessling and Priest, but somebody said they had one when they actually had two left. And if they make those two first downs, then we run the clock out. We run the ball, we make the first one, we run it three plays, use all the time, it's looking good. And then that second series, I don't agree with, I don't disagree with trying to run it three times. We just needed to make more yardage at a crucial time of the game. They came up and stopped us. Yeah. So, um, um, anyway, that's a thumbs up, thumbs down from Tennessee. Uh, let's uh, go ahead and work in a call ahead of a break. Let's go to Todd. Todd, you're on Sunday. Sports Sound Off. Todd, you with us? You answered. Hey, I just uh, – my original question you guys answered uh, about – the the getting beat deep on at the end of the game, but I have to ask this, and, and especially for for Tim Irwin, is is it time to make a change at quarterback right now? You know, I don't know what the I don't know what the options are behind them because I've never seen any of them play, and he's shown flashes that he can do the job. I don't think there's anything wrong with his arm. <laughs> I thought his protection for the most part was pretty decent. I think they sacked him once and got in his face a couple of times, but I thought most of the time his protection was decent. Uh, he just uh, he, He's not been making good decisions so far this year with the football. He's not I, reacting and making quick decisions. I don't know if you, guys, if you guys noticed yesterday before uh, the, the drive going into half and especially the drive coming out of half, he had Palmer – on the drive going into the into halftime, he had him all the way to South Knoxville if he wanted him. I and then think, coming out in the second half, he had him all the way to Halls if he wanted him. He just don't see it. I don't think he's looking at anybody but Jennings. I don't either, and that's why I'm saying, you know, at this point in time, 
you got a guy that, that's got an arm that, I mean, he can throw a ball through a block wall. There's no question. But, I mean, you look at his numbers and his quarterback rating is so high, but, I mean, that's on three- and four-yard short passes. And, and, I mean, I don't know I don't know what the answer is, but I can tell you right now that, that uh, something's going to have to happen under center because you can't have that ball that he threw Jennings in, that Jennings caught off the tip in the end zone. That ball was 121 miles an hour on a jugs gun. That's ridiculous. It also I mean, you was into you coverage. Can't throw a ball that fast. Should have been yeah, intercepted. It, it, it was yeah. exact a mirror of the play of the a mirror. The touchdown was a mirror of the interception to start second half. In my opinion, same play, same pass, different result. What should have been the result both times really was an interception right into double coverage. And. Uh, I, I, I just know. feel like if we have a quarterback, and I'll say this and I'll get off and let you guys listen, but I just I don't care how big or how small the guy is or how good his arm is. <clears throat> if we got somebody that can actually just put the ball where it needs to be downfield, uh, and, and Garantano is a split second late. I don't know if you guys have watched the replay or not, but Greg McElroy just absolutely smashed Garantano last night on the on the on the call because. Every ball he threw was a split second late. If we've got a guy that's, I don't care if he's a true freshman, if he can just get the ball there on time, we've got the talent on the corners to be able to run the ball down the field. Can't say I disagree with you. He was he was cons- he was consistently late yeah. all night long. Yeah, he was. And um, Tim, I I don't remember him staring down receivers and not seeing the field as much last year it seems like that's been more of a problem this year than it was a year ago i don't either jimmy i i I thought he had enough protection last night against a much better opponent yeah i uh, thought he thought he had time to get the job done but didn't work out todd we appreciate it when we come back we will have more if you want to join us 656-9900-1-866-656-9900 with Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. You're listening to Sunday Sports Sound Off. Well, we got a guy that's got a deep third, all right, and one of their wide receivers got 20 yards behind the air guy that's supposed to be deepest in the deepest, and they threw him the ball and ran down there and kicked a field goal. That's Tennessee coach Jeremy Pruitt explaining the end of the game in which Brigham Young threw the 64-yard pass from their own 20. The snap occurred with a little over 20, about well, about 17 seconds left, actually. And uh, they go down and kick the field goal, tie the game, send it into overtime, and win in double overtime. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound, all brought to you by Window Works, family-owned, founded in East Tennessee, with only American-made products. With Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. To join us, 656-9900-1-866-656. 9900. Let's go back to the phones where Michael is our next caller. Hello, Michael. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, hey Tim. Hey. Uh, my question is, I want to know if Tennessee's ever went 0-3 in a season, and I'm going to hang up and listen. Yeah, Michael, Tennessee was 0-6 in 1988. Uh, that was um, the year in which they made some midseason coaching changes. The first game after that, they – Played well and lost to Alabama 28-20. Then they won the last five games of the 88 season. And then in 89, they went 11-1 and and won the SEC. But the last time Tennessee was 0-3 was 1988. I haven't researched going back further than that. But 
fact, the last time they were 0-2 was 1988 as well. Let's go back to the phones where Stanley is our next caller. Hello, Stanley. Hey, guys. Uh, quick quick observation here. Um, I watched uh, Garantano, and I, I see that uh, the, uh, his best pass is the one that's straight down the side, outside the hash marks and straight down the sideline. When the, when the receiver is crossing his face, his accuracy is way off, and, it, and it's normally behind. But if he throws that like last week, he hit uh, he hit the tight end down the left hash down to there on that when he was wide open and he hit it perfect. But but the one that it crosses his face, I think that's that's one that gets in trouble. Tim, I'm, your observations on that? I have just not seen him make good decisions and be late with everything is what I see happening. I don't know why that is, but. Particularly last night, I thought he was late on nearly every ball he threw. And, uh, you know, you can't be late. You got to see it and do it. See it, react. Uh, See it and go get it if you're on defense. I thought he was just late on everything he did, and I think that's why the balls across the middle look so bad. Uh, I guess it doesn't matter if you're throwing to the sidelines and you're a little late, you throw it out of bounds. But if you're throwing it up the middle and you're late, you're looking at an interception or a breakup or getting your receiver killed trying to go back for it. I agree. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thanks, Stanley. We appreciate it. Uh, let's uh, let's go in here a little bit more from Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, after the game, of course, the, uh, the obvious question was, what was Tennessee in? Uh, defensively regarding uh, Brigham Young on that last part. Now, to go through that series uh, at the end of the game, Brigham Young started uh, after Tennessee was unable to uh, to get a first down on the fourth and one with a little over four minutes left. Actually, uh, that was a different series. Let me go back on that. Tennessee got the ball back with 339, got a first down, ran it three times, ended up punting. So uh, with a minute one left, Brigham Young gets the ball. They have holding. They get moved back to the eight-yard line, and then there's an incomplete pass. Wilson scrambles for 12, and then on third and six, he hits the 64-yarder. So we asked Pruitt about that third and six defense. Jimmy, what defense were you in at the end when you hit that long? The one that you don't let them throw it 75 yards in, Jimmy. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Trying to play a pre-band or what? Well, there's 17 seconds left on the clock, right? Uh, They have no timeouts. Uh, They got to go 60 yards to kick a field goal, or at least 40. So... They can play three plays, right? So you play on top of them. The same defense that we called the previous plays when they they lost 12 yards. So That's Jeremy Pruitt. And uh, the one thing, Tim, that's really hard to understand, though, is you – and I know uh, uh, I hate picking on Lante Taylor. I think he's a pretty good player. But you just can't let the guy get behind you. And we have done – the one thing we may have done a good job on the whole year – no one in both these two games, despite all the bad stuff going on, no one's really gotten behind us. We've given up some medium plays, mm-hmm. but no one's really gotten behind us. In the first game, I thought every time uh, Georgia State tried to throw it deep, there were two defenders with a receiver that was deep. Every time, I thought, well, at least we've got that shored up. And lo and behold, that's what ends up beating us is uh, – Against a much better team. I mean, overall, actually, Tennessee played a lot better from week one to week two. Yes. The result was just more disappointing because we had the game one. 
We had it in hand. Yeah. 17 seconds way back there. Got to go forever. No timeouts left. And we let a guy get behind us. Unexcusable. It really is. And Tennessee, now the red zone stats are going to look not so bad. Tennessee scored three out of four possessions in the red zone. Yeah. The problem was not just the red zone is considered the 20-yard line in. It was a 30-yard line in because they were having to kick field goals and they couldn't convert on some of those opportunities. So uh, Jeremy Pruitt was asked if there's any reason why the offense is bogging down and not scoring touchdowns after getting in scoring position. I mean, we got to be more physical. We got to knock them off the ball. Um, we don't have really big backs. Our backs weigh 200 pounds, you know, or 190 pounds. So we've got to knock them back. We got to have awareness of the down and distance. I mean, t- tonight, I thought there was three times on either third or fourth down, whether it was just a little bit to go, that the guy with the ball in his hand didn't finish the run the right way. Got to have awareness where the stick's at, right? Uh, sometimes you got to be your own blocker. That's Jeremy Pruitt, and the comment he made about the running back uh, not being aware, I think that – I agree with that. I thought the, there was a little bit of push on yeah, that play, and yeah. I agree with it on the reverse. I thought the receiver did a poor job of extending and getting the first down, and I also, also thought – I don't know where this crew was from, but I also, also thought both ways they consistently short-spotted the ball all night. The ball I, seemed like it was a yard back from where I expected again. Yeah. I agree completely. I noticed that, too. The guy's knee would be down on, let's say, the 30, but the ball was on the 31. Yeah. It's where the ball is, they, not where your knee they is. They called the knee every time, yeah. it seemed like, and it, that's not the way it works. I thought that was uh, – but I think they did it both ways, too. Yeah. I don't think it right. was uh, I don't think it was anything prejudicial. They just short-spotted the ball every time. Um, and I guess that's – I guess that's wherever they were from. I don't know where they were from. I don't either. Um, I didn't pay attention to that. I saw their names, but I didn't. I didn't pay attention to that. One other uh, cut we want to bring you from Pruitt. Uh, we're going to skip down to this one. So Tennessee gets into overtime. Shouldn't have been into overtime. And so Pruitt was asked, "How do you feel like your guys responded to having to go into overtime after giving up that lead late in the game?" Well, that's why I called them out there on the field to make sure that we did. Um, you know we're we're in a we're in a good call down there. They they run an RPO and um, we're playing inside coverage and we get beat inside on a slant route. You know it's what they do. They get three by one uh, at run zone, run hitches to the field, run slant to the X. Uh, if you watch the film, they have probably done it 25 times in this game. So they done it down there. We know what plays coming. Got to be able to play the plays. Um, but I thought our offense responded and scored there, uh, which was really good. Um, you know, but having to uh, settle for a field goal there, and then um, I mean the last, the last uh, couple of plays there were, were basically they just willed theirself there. In my in my opinion, I mean we're calling flex cover one. Uh, we got more than they can block, uh, and they run the ball for I don't know five yards, six yards, whatever it was, twelve yards. So uh, I don't know. I have to see that on tape, but. That wasn't, that wasn't a good finish to the game. That's Jeremy Pruitt. Tim, when I saw that run at the end for Brigham Young on the five-yard run, he, he goes to about the three-yard line, and then you see all these big guys just pushing and shoving behind him and to the side, and I'm like, uh-oh. One team kept like going a- and one team didn't. Yeah. I saw the same yeah. thing. It was very disappointing. Uh, 
very dis- I, you know and I got to say this being there in person you get to watch between the plays a lot more than you do on TV and it wasn't close enough where I could see the sideline and what was going on, but I was I could see the game very well. And I was watching it from the uh, east side of the stadium. I've never seen more communication and moving around and guys running in and off the field on defense. I mean, I don't know what was going on out there, but you don't have the luxury in modern football of getting everything just like you want it. Sometimes you just got to call the play and go. And I see guys back there gesturing to the crowd, come on and make some noise, you know, waving their arms, and like get your assignment and get down and play football. It was bothering me throughout the game, and I got a comment on that. And I think that's something we can fix. You know, don't worry about the crowd right now. The crowd hasn't had a lot to cheer about this year. Don't worry about them. They'll be there when you do something good. And they'll make noise when we need them to. I thought the 65,000 we had there was – loud as they could be on occasion when we needed them to, but we don't need guys on the sidelines and out on the field waving their arms and waving towels. I swear I think we got some designated towel waver guys that don't do anything but that. And we don't have a lot to be excited or happy about right now. Quit worrying about the fans and play football is one observation I had, and I'm not real – probably going to be taking it some negative. Somebody will probably write an article. Irwin said, that's just something I saw that kind of chapped me. Get your assignment, get down and play. I will say this, there was a bigger crowd for this game than the opener, and I thought they were more into this. Of course, they probably had more reason to be into this game. I thought the, the bigger the crowd difference, side. the difference in the crowd was about 10,000, 15,000 Brigham Young fans. and Of course, they draw from the whole religious base around the country. They come, they pick this game to go to. Everybody that lives in the southeast, a member of that church, comes and picks this game probably. I don't think that many people traveled from Utah over here. I don't know. No, I think you're right, and they do have a pretty good base of uh, uh, of uh, Mormons in that in the area. Yeah. Uh, and they, I know that they had pre-sold 5,600 tickets to the game, and they were sitting in some prime seats on the east sideline, 40 yard line or so. Uh, they were they got some tickets from some UT fans, right? Well, I, in that area, I so. can understand that. Yeah. So uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some results at other SEC games. We'll also talk about some interesting comments. From Urban Meyer, the former Florida and Ohio State coach, who is with Fox. Uh, I thought he had some uh, intriguing comments to make about Tennessee. Uh, if you want to join us, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. Uh, we're brought to you by Window Works. This is Sunday Sports Sound Off. Well, he should have been rattled after I got on to him. I mean, come on, Austin, it's second and... You know, there's 75 yards to go there. This guy used a little common sense, and he'll learn from it, and we'll get better from it. That's Jeremy Pruitt when asked if Alante Taylor was rattled at during overtime after giving up that big play against the Brigham Young Cougars. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound brought to you by Window Works, a family-owned, founded in East Tennessee with the only American-made products. I'm Jimmy Himes, along with Tim Irwin. Uh, Tim, I-, I thought there were some interesting things that Urban Meyer said as uh, a Fox Sports analyst uh, after the game. He talked about Tennessee's program. He said the program has suffered from, quote, steady deterioration. He said, I'm just shocked. He said that Tennessee is still one of the top ten jobs in America. Uh, he said that when he played against Tennessee in 2006, 
the loudest stadium I remember coaching in was at Neyland Stadium. Uh, he said that uh, in 2005 when he got in the league that Tennessee was, quote, head and shoulders the best team in the SEC East. They had NFL draft picks all over the place. He said he'd also heard that Tennessee was not a great place to recruit. He said, I don't know if I believe that. And he said Nashville is a great recruiting base, and so is Memphis. Uh, your thoughts on what Urban Meyer said about Tennessee? It's hard not to agree with part of it. Uh, we have been on the decline in most of the last decade. Uh, we had some flashes when we had a good quarterback in here named Josh Dobbs that won some games. Uh, particularly, I think, at South Carolina, maybe he won some games almost single-handedly that we would have had to chalk up in the loss column. Um, we haven't seen the number of draft picks like we used to have. Uh, hadn't seen the NFL scouts beating the path to uh, our practice facility, working guys out. You go over to a workout now, it's kind of a, a sparse place as far as NFL attendance that didn't used to be the way it was and I don't know how we got here and I'm not sure how we're going to get out we got to keep plugging away at it um, I've said many times whoever's coach at the University of Tennessee is going to be my coach as long as I'm here in the VFL I'm going to be pulling for him I'm pulling for Jeremy Pruitt and I'm pulling for uh, Cheney and I'm pulling for the rest of the coaching staff over there to get it turned around. I've just seen an ugly product. I think we need better quarterback play. I think we need Batuli to get healed up on defense. Uh, I think we also lost maybe our best defensive back to an off-the-field problem. And I know we lost our best defensive lineman to an injury in training camp. So we have been hit with the injury bug in some crucial places. But it's almost been a Murphy's Law year every crucial point where we needed to stand up and do something right we didn't get it done in the first two ball games as long as that's continuing it's not looking prettier can well, you this, can you imagine this team being in the swamp right now uh no uh that uh that that's kind of a scary proposition right now i am yeah, you know i'm enough worried about week three let's we i don't know what chattanooga is going to bring to the table i have no idea um, but i know we got to keep uh Getting better every week, that's obvious. Here's an ugly stat from Tennessee's perspective. Since the start of 2017, Tennessee's 9-17. and 17. I never thought I'd see that, 9-17 and 17 over two-plus years. Two years and two games. So, so that's pretty much coincides with Jared's time at Tennessee. Uh, Jared's. Garantano's. Yeah, Garantano. Uh, yeah. Yep, his record has not been very good as a starter. So, uh, let's go back to the phones and visit with Jim. Jim, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hey, how you doing this morning, guys? Okay, Jim. Good morning. Hey, uh, well, I was just sort of going to echo some of the talk you've already said. I couldn't imagine this team in the swamp right now, neither. But uh, with that being said, last night watching the game, I'm a Tennessee fan, have been for 40 years. I found myself actually rooting for the other team because just uh, just what Chris said, they had more willpower. Uh, but with the quarterback situation, the small backs, how do you guys see us when we actually hit the SEC and these other opponents? Because as of right now, man, it looks bad. And I'll listen to you comments, folks. Okay, Jim. Do you see any quarterback change entering SEC play? Maybe. The unknown to me, I mean, I've not seen any of these guys. I don't know anybody that has. I've not heard any rumors about any of them. I don't know who's standing out, who's 
I don't really know much about our backup situation. Maybe you can at least mention who they are. JT Shroud is a redshirt freshman. He is from California. He was a one-year starter in California. The thing that's scary about him in that one year, he's got a real live arm, but he threw about 25 interceptions as a high school senior. Uh, Brian Mauer is the other quarterback. He's from Florida. He's a true freshman. He's got a really good arm. Uh, we're limited in how much we see in practice. Uh, so I can't – this is not just fr- uh, from my personal observations, but neither quarterback looked like they were extremely accurate. But that was going uh, in uh, either passes against air or one-on-one coverage against defensive backs. I still think Garantano gives you the best chance to win – He's not playing at the level he needs to play. There is no doubt about that. But I, um, I just don't, I don't feel that either one of the backups are ready to start. But then I'm not at practice either. So what's happened over the last few weeks? Maybe one of them's jumped up there. Maybe one of them's pushing Garantano. And maybe Jim Chaney and Jeremy Pruitt are ready to say, let's give somebody else a chance. I don't know that. Maybe you can ask that question on Monday and you can kind of guise it in a way that it might be answered. Not suggesting any changes, but just which one of your other quarterbacks has made strides or looks positive and can't? Maybe he'd kind of rank them if you did it the right way. I don't know. I'll get your help on that. Yeah, well, I'll write it down for you. <laughs> I need it. All right, let's go to um, Steve. Steve, you're on Sunday Sports Sound Off. Hey, good morning, Jimmy and Tim. Uh, uh, I just want to identify myself. My name is Steve Williams. I've been a sports writer in the Knoxville area for many years. Yeah. Uh, How you doing, Steve? I'm doing great. Uh, Guys, I think you all do a wonderful job. I look forward to this show uh, each season, and I think you're very fair. I think you, uh, uh, well, you're fair. Uh, uh, You you tell it like it is, and, uh, I just uh, I just want to call in and, and chip in my two cents worth. Uh, 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 it the, the loss last night. Uh, I mean, we needed that victory so badly, uh, and we we should have came away with it, but it just didn't work out for us. But I haven't given up on this team. I haven't given up on Coach Pruitt. I think just watching him coach last night with his passion. And he coaches so hard. Uh, uh, and he's also, I think you'll, I think if we give him time, he will get this turned around. You know, he's, he's only in his second year of the season, second season. And, uh, and he's trying to rebuild a program that's been down for about 10 years. And, uh, it, and it doesn't happen overnight, but, but we made mistakes last night, but the kids, uh, they played, I thought extremely hard. Uh, the, their effort was questioned after that first loss to Georgia State, but I can't question their effort last night at all. Uh, well, this program, more than anything, needs credibility. I really believe that uh, uh, we need to support Coach Pruitt. After all, he was picked by one of the Best coaches we've ever had, handpicked by Philip Fulmer, and then, and ever, of course, I believe this is in hindsight. I mean, I felt like it was a mistake, a mistake years and years ago when we let Coach Fulmer go. But uh, anyway, like I said, guys, you all do a great job. You're fair. 
I appreciate that. I want to also commend the Tennessee fans filling up that stadium last night. We have the greatest fan base in the country, in my opinion. And uh, I think we have a very good coach, a coach who is coaching with great passion. I believe more than anything, he's working as hard as he can. He makes he's he's made some mistakes. We all, I mean, we can all be, you know, Sunday morning quarterbacks and second guess things. But uh, uh, I think he has uh, the team is behind him, and uh, uh, we've just got to go forward, keep plugging away. And I appreciate this time, and uh, thank you all for this great show. And and go balls. Okay, Thanks. Steve, we appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Thanks for calling. Uh, when we come back, we will have more. We'll uh, we'll talk about um, uh, a new hire at the University of Tennessee. Get Tim's thoughts on that, and we'll continue to take your phone calls. To join us, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. We're brought to you by Window Works. New windows by Window Works improve the curb appeal, saving you money on heating and cooling costs. With Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. This is Sunday Sports Sound Off. I just saw two uh, right before the half that I knew exactly what the play was called and where it was going, that I thought we had chances to stick the ball. Hey, we, we got a field goal out of it, but I think there was a chance there to hit two of them. But we'll see. We'll see on tape. That's Tennessee coach Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Off with Tim Irwin. I'm Jimmy Himes. To join us, 656 9900 1-866-656-9900. Uh, let's go back to the phones where our next caller is. Well, let's see if I can hit this right. Uh, is Jim? Jim, you're on Sports Sound Off. Uh, yeah, um, I'm going to ask Tim. Um, Garantano is. is I, I think he 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 just we we need to put another quarterback in. I mean, I would go with the freshman. If you're going to lose, lose with a freshman. All these other teams are, are starting freshman quarterbacks. Garantano, he he just he is not accurate at all. He he just we, we can't win with him. I, I just want to hear your thoughts. Well, there's there's more issues than just the quarterback play. I think everybody realizes that. But I don't think uh, he has shown himself to always make good decisions out there on the field. Uh, I think he has plenty of arm strength, but I don't think he sees the blitzer coming when he's supposed to. I think he throws the ball late a lot of times. Uh, It's easy to blame a quarterback. He carries an awesome responsibility out there on the field, but I don't think he had a good night last night at all. I don't know who's behind him. I don't know who's behind him. I don't know who who that is uh, that's back there. I don't know if we got anybody else back there with any capabilities or not. I think we need a quarterback that is mobile, that can move. And and we got a freshman quarterback, Alphine, that is that he can run. He, he can move in the pocket. He Garantano uh, is, is nowhere near. I mean, he threw passes last night that 
just by, I mean, it makes it almost impossible for receivers to catch it. He don't give them a, I mean, he just, he is not accurate at all. Well, he was more accurate last year. I don't know what's going on with him this year. Uh, he, he completed 62% last year, which isn't bad. Uh, he also did a good job of protecting the football. He only threw three interceptions. Uh, he's um, he's fortunate he doesn't have about four of them right now. But, yeah, but I, I don't he, know. Uh, it, it looks to me like he's regressed for whatever reason. I don't know why. We need to win. We need to win. win. Gontano has been there. He, he's had his chances, and he's not a winner. I mean, he's just not a winner. I mean, uh, okay. That, that right there is where I would start. Okay. I, 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 I appreciate you uh, taking my call. Okay, Jim. Appreciate the call. Uh, let's go to Andrew. Andrew, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Andrew. <clears throat> calling from uh, Lynchburg, Virginia. Tim, I really enjoyed uh, dove hunting with you last weekend. You're a quality act. Um, I have a couple of comments, and then I'd like to take your comment. First first of all, I thought, the, uh, I thought that the defense was much improved from last weekend at, uh, against Georgia State. I thought the offense, I thought we ran the ball really well last night. And uh, it, we did a good job uh, running the ball. And um, my my only thing with that, and, and I agree with everything everybody's saying about Garantano, um, he is late making decisions. The one thing that Greg McElroy pointed out last night on the uh, uh, TV was he kind of felt like we, we didn't um, we didn't do any kind of bootleg off that stretch play. And, and and it it seemed like you know th- that was something that we were missing in our offense. We tried one bootleg and it was off a toss sweep, and uh, even McElroy was like, "Ah, that's not the play to run there." I just kind of felt like you know that um, we could have maybe helped Garantano out a little bit with with a little more bootleg, let him roll out and give him a run pass option. Um, and I'll, I'll say something about you know what. Tim was saying about his, his decision-making, you know, even in that Georgia State game, he, he's lucky he, he didn't have an interception there. He threw into double coverage in that game, and they called yep. an interference call. That's right. So there's, you know, there's three or four there that, that he's making really bad decisions. And, you know, at some point, I think, you know, I don't know. I'm like Tim. I don't know what they got behind him. But, you know, if you continue to make bad decisions after bad decisions, I think you got to give somebody else an opportunity. But I really appreciate the show. I think you guys do a great job. And I'm with you, Tim, on the towel waivers. Get rid of it. Yeah, getting old. Andrew, we appreciate it. Um, uh, going forward, I, I did like what Tennessee did in the run game. Just a little bit of time left. Do you think we'll continue to see Tennessee run off tackle and wide like they did with success against Brigham Young? For one more week and until we get that, to a team with speed. Like Florida. You get yeah. to a team. I think we had a little bit more team speed than, than Brigham Young did. That's Tim Irwin. I'm Jimmy Himes. You're listening to Sunday Sports Sound Off.